um, Open Door Stories. I'm Pastor Brian. This is Johnny Watson, and I'm so excited to have you today and excited to hear your story. And so we're just going to take a couple of moments and, and, uh, and, and hear a little bit of your background, and then I just want to just have a conversation with you. Okay. It's The fun thing about these things is every time I do it, people come away going, uh, I didn't know that about them. Oh, that's really interesting. And so I'm excited. There's certain things about your, your history I'm really curious to hear. And uh, particularly, I know you, you, you've been working through cancer. Has it been one year, two years? Just a year. Just a little bit. It's only over been one year. year. <laughs> it seems like forever, doesn't it? I know. It was a year ago, April, that I got my first diagnosis. Oh, my goodness. So I want to hear all about that. But let's yeah. to start with, just tell us a little bit about about you, about where you grew up, a little bit about your, you know, just how you came to Jesus, your family, just, just a little bit. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Portland. Oh, okay. And um, did not have a Christian family. I didn't know that. Though my parents were both, went to church as children. Okay. Um, no, it was not a real happy home. Mm. Up and down. My dad was an alcoholic. Okay. And uh, so that, you know, that... <laughs> we know that problem. that means all the the effects of that yeah but my mother made sure my sister and i went to church uh there was a little church near our house three blocks from the house yeah. that um, was the denomination that my parents were both from mm -hmm. uh she sent us there uh what's interesting is that in all the years that i was there i was there probably until i was about 11 years old i don't remember ever hearing the word sin or salvation in that church interesting um but uh, things changed when I got to about the fourth grade. Uh, two things happened. One, there was a lady in the neighborhood who taught children's Bible clubs. And several of my friends started going. And also, we had a new teacher in the fourth grade. Uh, there were two teachers, but I was assigned to this new one. Uh, she was a Christian. Now, this was before the Supreme Court ruling on prayer no and Bible prayer. study. Okay, yeah. So she took advantage of that, and we had Bible uh, reading every morning. Wow. Uh, and then what really um, changed was my friends had been trying to get me to go to Bible club, and I didn't want to. I thought, I don't like Sunday school. Why would I want to go to Bible <laughs> club? Uh, so, yeah, um, but one of the... Uh, assignments that she gave us in school was to recite something from the Bible that we had memorized. Could be anything you wanted to. <laughs> this was to. in public schools. This was in oh public my school goodness, in the Portland. Times have yes. So but that was not unusual. You know, most of everybody went to church. True back then. Yeah. So um what really got me was two girls in the class recited John three sixteen. Mm. And you know I'd never heard that verse. You'd never heard that verse? Not that I remember. Having gone to church. Church it, since I was three years old, Sunday school anyway. Wow. Uh, and I just fell in love with that verse. I have no idea why. I don't know if I knew what it meant, but I loved that verse. There's just something in your heart that went, ooh, yeah. I love this. And I found out those two girls memorized John 3.16 in Bible Club. So I wanted to go to Bible club. There you go. And I went, I talked, my girlfriend took me. Uh, I just fell in love with it. We had stories that I'd never heard before. Uh, and every lesson was ended with a very brief explanation of the gospel, mm. how to accept Christ. So it was probably six months later when I was in fifth grade that I accepted Christ as my wow. Savior. And I've never looked back. Yeah. So... And then, so, so you, you grew up, you, you graduated from high school, I assume. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? 
Well, through the Bible Club, um, we continued on. When I got to junior high, they had um, Bible studies for junior high, high school, and we had. Is this Awana or just? No, this was this, this was, was Central, Central Bible Church in Portland. If you're familiar, Central with that, Central Bible. Oh, so, Central Bible, yeah, yeah. Um, they had when Dr. Mitchell was there. They had children's mm -hmm. Bible clubs, and we had uh, teachers from Multnomah that came and led our Bible clubs. And so after high school, I wanted to go to Multnomah. I just, I wanted to serve the Lord. The interesting thing is in those days, missions was really a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought, well, if I want to serve the Lord, I guess I want to be a missionary. <laughs> so I went to Bible school and Multnomah at that time was just a three-year school. Oh, okay. I uh, got a diploma. Mm. In order to get a degree, I would need two more years of liberal arts. Well, um, I had heard about Biola and looked into that and I really didn't know if my parents would go for that one because I kind of worked my way through Multnomah mm -hmm. but uh, my mother said yes we could handle two years and so I got to finish my degree at Biola. Wow I didn't know that either. I uh, <laughs> uh, just had a wonderful education mm -hmm. it was just great and but I didn't really feel comfortable applying for uh, foreign missions. Mm -hmm. I, the more I got to know what it was all about, I'm a very timid uh, introvert. And to be honest, I didn't want to go as a single missionary. Well, no. And the Lord did not provide a husband <laughs> that wanted to take me to the mission field. Yeah. So after uh, college, doors just kept opening for me. It was like I had no question as to what the Lord wanted. And right after college, the registrar at Multnomah called and said, I'm looking for another assistant in my office. Would you be interested? Well, at first I said, well, I just started another job and I don't feel like I should leave it. Of all things, my dad was home the night she called. When I get off, got off the phone, he said, well, what was that all about? And I told him that, you know, I've been offered this job and he said, you should take it. I mean, mm -hmm. this is my dad who was not a believer, mm -hmm. um, but the Lord just even used my parents to yeah. direct me. And so I took that job and worked for six years there, but during, well, after the first three years, I met my husband and yeah. we got married. And uh, then he got a job in Wilsonville working at Tektronics and had always wanted to move out of the city. Yeah. So we bought a house in just Aurora suburbs. And that's where and you still are. Been there for 42 years now. Oh my goodness. And then you had two children? We have two children. Uh, Bill is what, 39 now. Mm -hmm. oh, I can't keep track of my kids. Mary <laughs> will be 32 next month. Yeah. And we have one granddaughter, Bill's daughter. And what she's Pardon? The names? Oh, six. she's Elizabeth, and she just turned six. Oh, and probably a joy of your life. Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. Okay. So, and then, you know, since then, you know, you, you, you've been doing Bible studies. I mean, you, you, are, you are an amazing Bible teacher, and you've been doing that this entire time, right? Well, yes. I started when I was at Multnomah because we had to have Christian services. I yeah. Guess. And I just always gravitated towards teaching children. Mm -hmm. And... Um, after a few years, well, even after we got married, I wanted, I had the opportunity then to teach the Bible clubs that mm -hmm. I had grown up in. Oh, yeah. And I just had people very amazed. The parents would listen to me and say, you can, you're really a good teacher. I yeah. mean, I just never even thought about it. It was just something that came naturally, but it's my spiritual Almost ever, gift. Yeah, it's your spiritual yeah. gift. And we understand that between the two of us. It, it's like... I, 
I don't get it. It's like, I, I'm not that articulate. I'm really mm -hmm. not. And I'm not that bright. I'm okay. But, <laughs> but it's amazing when God uses us to do something that's like, I shouldn't be that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> right, really. Yeah. Any... So I've taught children mostly, and I absolutely love it. I think, yeah, I think I have a very simple mind, actually, which you need for children. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you get too... If you think too deeply, you, you can't relate to a child. Mm -hmm. So I think God just put me where. Well, and you're winsome. You really are. People enjoy being around you. And that you, maybe you've never heard that. I don't, you do. Everybody loves hanging out with you, Johnny. Uh, I don't think about it that much. I'm not a real social person. I mean, I enjoy people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like big crowds. I like no, yeah, because you're. Well, you're an introvert, and I get yeah. that. So am I, actually, which yeah. might surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> but then when it wasn't until we came to church here that I started teaching the women. Oh, okay. Um, I try. I did a couple of years teach women's Bible study when I was younger, and I think I was too young. Mm. You know, the older women kind of look at you like, do you really have something to tell me? Right. But now... I'm the older one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you've been teaching. How long have you been going to this church? It's been quite a while. We've. It'll be 20 years in November. Yeah. Wow. So you came just after, just after the turn of, in the 2000s, 2002 It was or so. the end of 2002. Yeah, we started here. Interesting. Just yeah. thinking about where the church was at that point. Very different. Very, Very different. different. Smaller, I believe, at that moment. Well, at that point, no. It was starting to grow again? Well, it was just kind of steady. I think probably 80 to 100 every Oh, okay, week. yeah. So, so it was right before that, because at one point it dropped all the way down to oh. about 12 people. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah, I'd you know, we'd heard things. <laughs> you hear things because you do. we live in the, I and this mean, church actually has... we had neighbors that came here. So And and the reputation at one point for this church in this area was not great. Right. Yeah. Right. And I have to admit I did not want to come, but my husband wanted to. He want he's he wanted the one that got come. you here. Interesting. Yeah. Because it was more conservative at the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Still very, actually very. Uh so yes, we've watched the changes and uh, I didn't want to come at first, but the pastor and the, his wife were just very uh, open to us. Actually, the church we'd been at, there were a lot of younger people. I had just turned 50, I don't know, it was 50, 51. And uh, they kind of decided I was a little bit too old to teach children anymore. And so we came 20 here. years ago? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So we came here and I just laughed when one of the, because at the time I think they said the average age of the people here was about 70. We came and I remember this lady coming up to me and saying, oh, it's so wonderful to have you younger people coming into our <laughs> church. So we left the other church because I felt too old. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and and now you teach children. I mean, we just did a VBS, and and the kids love you and have so much. So you're still teaching children. I'm still teaching children. You're not too old for that. <laughs> All right, and then so you know, um, over the last couple of years, no, last year, you've had some significant things happen. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the the the, the your story with the cancer and how all that went. All right. Well. 
I just, ne- we don't have cancer in my family. Well, my mother had lung cancer, but that was from smoking, and I've never been a smoker, so I just thought, no, cancer isn't my problem. My dad had heart disease mm-hmm. and strokes, and I thought, okay, that's the way I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, well, it was the year before um, the COVID outbreak that one of the ladies in our Wednesday Bible study found out she had breast cancer, and she had to have chemo right before she even had surgery. And I just watched her go through this cancer and she kept coming to Bible study and she was just a vibrant person. And so she just took it all so well. And I just kept thinking, I could never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not me. I could never do it. And about a year and a half after she got her cancer, I was, well, I just went in for a regular mammogram. Um, didn't expect anything. I was a year late, thanks to COVID, but um, my test came back. We need to see you again. Oh, no. I thought, oh, all right. And she said, now, don't worry. We've had to call back a whole lot of people. Went in. Uh, and at the second time around, they say, okay, we need to schedule you for an ultrasound. And I'm going, oh, dear. Went back for the ultrasound, there's something there. Um, then they did a biopsy. Biopsy came back positive, and I just couldn't believe it. How did, how did you react? Frightened. My doctor called me. Actually, I had been in to see my uh, primary care doctor in the middle of all this just for my regular checkup, and I was frightened then. I hadn't gotten the diagnosis. He said, no, don't worry about it. It's probably just... It'll be a lumpectomy. It'll just be really quick. It'll be nothing. (laughs) And then he called me with uh, uh, results of the uh, biopsy and said, "I'm, I'm, he wouldn't say anything. He just said, I am going to schedule you with two of our best doctors. They'll take good care of you. They've had very good results. Um, This is all at Providence Newburgh and they Mm -hmm. were just wonderful. So uh, the scariest part was calling for the appointments, I think. Yeah. Got the appointments. After I saw my, uh, I saw my surgeon first, and she was very reassuring that, yes, we'll just, it looks like we can just do the lumpectomy and followed by radiation. And then I saw the oncologist. And after I got to know them, they're just both wonderful women. Then I felt okay. So went in for the lumpectomy, fine, came back. uh, Well, oh, and then she took out lymph nodes, um, Mm -hmm. came back. said, well, look at the results and schedule you for radiation. Well, as you know, the results did not come back good. First of all, she didn't quite get all the cancer. She said they like to have a margin, and my cancer was still right out to the edge of the margin. She says, I think we're going to have to go back and do a little touch-up. In the meantime, the pathologist is looking at everything, and she says, there's cancer in two Mm. of the lymph nodes. Mm. And she said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I need to run some more tests. Well, what she was looking at is the cancer in the lymph nodes was a different type of cancer than they had removed. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and that that's what threw so everything off. So you had two off. different cancers. I had two different cancers. And the amazing thing is that that pathologist was so tenacious. She, hmm. would not, she could easily have said, okay, cancer in the lymph nodes. We took the cancer out. No problem. The radiation will take care of it. She just didn't feel right. And that was when I went back to my surgeon, and she told me, we're going to have to do a mastectomy. There's no other way to get it. 
And she said, then she looked at me and she says, I am a Christian and I don't believe anything happens randomly. And I said, you're talking about those lymph, the pathologist and the lymph nodes. And she said, yes, she could easily have overlooked that. <laughs> and also when I thought about it, yeah, I said I was a year late. Well, if the second cancer is a type that's hard to detect, mm -hmm. which is why they didn't see it the first time and yeah. it was scattered. Um, if I'd gone in a year earlier, they'd taken the first type of cancer out, but the other one hadn't been into the lymph nodes yet. They could easily have just missed that. And then it would And I could be living with it. <laughs> right now, yeah. yeah. And it had gotten to a point where there's no way they could have fixed it. Right. I have a friend who died of breast cancer because 10 years after her original treatment, cancer showed up in her whole body and they said it's probably been there the whole time. Wow. So I'm just trusting that God had that all for a purpose. I have this wonderful Christian surgeon and I have a wonderful oncologist and they're taking such great care of me and I know God is with me through it all. Yeah, I mean, how did how did this affect your faith or how did your faith help you through this? Oh, it helped me immensely. I couldn't I don't know I can't imagine life without Christ. I mean, it's been, I was nine years old when I accepted the Lord and I've just never had any doubts. I find, you know, people talk a lot about I'm going through problems and I don't feel like God is there, like he's deserted me. I have never felt that. Hmm. I've always known God is there, but of course I don't always get the answers that I want. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not scared. And he gave me a verse once when I was going through a very scary problem. In Isaiah, if I've got it right, 41.13, I think it is. Um, if I can get it now. The Lord said, uh, oh, I am the Lord who holds you by your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I am with you. Yeah. And to think he, I'm going through these problems with God holding my hand. I mean, how much closer can he be? Yeah. I had no, I had no fear of surgery because they put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, where it's going to happen if you don't wake up. Well, that's true too, but I never even thought about not waking up. Oh, really? Uh, I would just never had any. In fact, that was kind of funny. The very last surgery I went through, um, I woke up in recovery and I had this young male nurse standing over me watching me and he says, you did really good. Your vital signs stayed uh, normal through the whole process. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you expect something else? <laughs> <laughs> it never occurred to me that there would have been a problem. Wow. So yeah. I had no fear. The, the fear is the recovery. I mean, there was, there was a lot of recovery yeah. and it's painful. And, uh, but you know, the more you go through the next time it's easier. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm just really amazed. And the friends that I've had, I had no idea I had so many friends that had cancer, hmm. but the one lady in our Bible study, she called me up and she talked me through the whole process, which oh, was wow. just so helpful. And then, uh, just two other ladies in our church who have gone through it mm -hmm. were encouraging. And then I have, we have a group of friends from our singles group way back when I had three other friends that have been through cancer mm -hmm. surgeries and all of them have talked, talked to me about their situation. One of the husbands even called Dave and encouraged him. And, Cause that's a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause like Kathy had cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's it's different from the man, from the from the non-patient mm -hmm. perspective, right. you know, because there's a helplessness there. 
you know, there's only so much you can do. You just got to trust the doctor and Jesus and support as much as you can, but there's only so much you can do actually. So yeah. Isn't it interesting on how many friends we accumulate as Christians? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think, I know, I know non-Christians get friends too, right? Of course they do, but they don't seem to have as many. They're close. Not close friends. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Social friends. Social friends. Not, not people you can say hello to and you might hang out, but not really share a burden with. Right. Yeah. Like I think about some of my people that I know, I'm like, like my brother, you know, I mean, he's kind of a Christian, but he doesn't go to church or any of that. And he's like, he maybe has like two or three friends, yeah. but you know, how many friends can we call? Literally hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people get, we literally could call on a hundred people and they would do so much for us, wouldn't they? Well, even people I didn't know, my sister-in-law lives in Tennessee. Yeah. And she, when she found out about my cancer, she says, I asked my Sunday school class to pray for you as a ladies class. <laughs> yeah. And I was still absolutely shocked when, well, I finally, uh, after all my surgeries, then I found out that I didn't need radiation mm -hmm. after all. And I had not needed chemo. There was never a question about that. My cancer just didn't need it. Mm -hmm. um, but when Patty emailed me and said, I told my Sunday school class, you didn't need radiation. And they all cheered. Oh! And I'm going, this class of people. Have you have no idea who they across, are. No, all the way across the country. And but they actually care about you. Yeah. You're, yeah. It's just amazing. It's amazing, the Christian community, when it works right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so this was not a massive challenge to your faith. No. In fact, it was just a wonderful time of growth. Now, I have had, earlier in my life, I'm... I had trouble having children. I went through five miscarriages. That was the challenge. To was my that faith. challenging? Yeah. Um, I think partly because, you know, in the cancer area, I had other people who'd gone through that. With having children, all my friends were having babies with no problem at all. And back and, then, you don't talk about that. Even then, now yeah. you really don't talk about it. Yeah. And if I, well, and we did, you know, most of them I kept quiet. I told my mom, of course, but, and my sister, but the last time around, I thought I was far enough along that I could announce my pregnancy. And like two weeks later, I lost oh, it. And at that point, I got people, you know, um, well, what's wrong with you? What are you, what are you doing wrong? Luckily, I had, oh, I hate that. I had a doctor, I think one of my very early my first, well, early ones, uh, he said, now don't let anyone tell you, you know, that it's your fault. And I thought, well, that's an odd thing to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why they, would someone say that? Oh, but well, they then do. I found out. <laughs> yes. And Christians do that. Oh, what yes. sin did you commit that God's taking your children? Oh, that's got to be the worst. I didn't have anybody say that. I actually read something that was kind of like God uses miscarriages as a punishment for your sin. And I thought, but oh. what about all of these young women I know that are getting pregnant that shouldn't be and having healthy children. Right. Why, why me? Except that I knew I had to learn. I learned to depend on God. That was when I, you talk about lamenting. That's when I learned to lament. Yeah. Um, I had been reading a book on, it was a book to raise my son. This was between my two children. They're seven years apart. Mm -hmm. and, and that's uh, why. Yeah, that's why. Um, but I was reading the, um, how we grieve and one of the points of grieving is getting angry mm -hmm. angry at god is what angry it said. at god 
And I thought, oh, good, that's okay. And I, I would, I would go for walks and I would just tell God off, why, you know, why good. is this? But then by the time I got to my last time around, I thought, okay, God has a reason. One thing he hit me with was, this isn't just about you. It's about the child that's going to be born. Um, I have plans for that child. And maybe, you know, and in my plan, this isn't for them. You know, I, mm -hmm. I want, I had my ideas of how old I was going to be when I had children and all yeah, of this, yeah. you know, it didn't work. Um, but the last time around, I was 38, I guess. And I thought, okay. And my daughter, you know, I kept saying, Lord, tell me if I shouldn't have another child or try again. I always wanted to have two children. Mm -hmm. Um, and my doctor said fine. My husband was fine with it. Uh, so I thought, okay, one more try. And I had the most, oh, I still remember in the delivery room, it's a girl. And I was Yay! so thrilled. Uh, you had a boy, you I wanted had, a girl. I did. You know, I was perfectly willing for two boys. Right, but, but oh, a girl. it was thrilling oh, to yay. have the girl. And, uh, and then after that, I was perfect. I'd have people say, now, do you want another one? No, nope. no, I'm We're happy. Done. I got what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, she was such a blessing that I have forgotten all the pain from all the rest. Isn't that the way that, that joy can replace pain? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's it, there's a silent pain for a lot of women mm -hmm. that, that uh, we don't talk about enough in the church. And then we blame them for for these things and it's just like oh please stop mm -hmm. and so well maybe there'll be some people who hear your story and, and they can go oh johnny me too yeah yeah it's really encouraging to know other people have gone through what you're going through mm -hmm. yeah all right well before we end i have one question for you mm -hmm. what's what besides your grandchild what are some things that give you joy well, other than my family. Other I mean, than my, your family, than family, which of course, because if I, if I didn't exclude that, that's what everybody would say. <laughs> but I always end these with, what brings you joy? Okay, well, this time of year, it's um, my yard. I'm not, Dave does most of the yard work, yeah. but we have fruit trees. Mm -hmm. And every spring and early summer, I love to walk around and see what's coming out. Yeah. With fruit trees, you never know what you're going to get each year. Huh. And uh, right now I'm picking blueberries, which I'm thrilled yeah. with because last year's blueberries got wiped out by that heat. Oh, they did, didn't they? But we had the most wonderful grapes we've ever had. So you never know. Huh. Um, our apple trees are loaded this year, but it looks like our plum and pears got hit by the late frost. <laughs> So you just, you know, I just you walk around, know. you never know. And I just say, God, thank you for whatever I get. Yeah. I have some tomato plants that I hope I get tomatoes off mm -hmm. of this year. Because it's not been very warm. No, it's cool at night. You know, it really hasn't yeah. stayed hot at night. Um, and the animals, we don't have pets, so we have wild animals. And I sit in the in my bedroom praying in the mornings uh -huh. with the wind curtains open little bunny rabbit came hopping out twice this oh. this week and we have squirrels yeah and so that type of thing brings joy and then when i don't can't get outside i love to read mm -hmm. um i read novels i'm into mysteries mm -hmm. um light-hearted mysteries yeah. not the scary gru gruesome ones no no um so and then of course just the ladies at church and the Bible studies. Yeah. And, oh, I hope we get Bible study going again this fall. I, I expect that we will. So, 
Well, it is a delight. You are a godly woman that I am so incredibly blessed to have in my church. And you're one of the people I wanted to tell you that I respect your opinion so, so highly. And so having, well, I could get really emotional. You know, you know some of the struggles we've had in the church in my time. And having you still here just is incredibly affirming to me. So thank you. Well, thank you for your sermons. I don't know. I know it's God's wisdom going into your head, but you have a way of just opening scripture to, and we all talk about this, opening scripture in ways that we've just never heard before. Mm. A new way of looking, fresh way of looking at scripture, and it's just encouraging to all of us. Well, thank so you. thank you. Well, if you have any questions for, for Johnny, you know, type in the comments or, or let me know or Johnny know, and, and we'll be happy to hear them. But thank you for joining us today, and uh, we will catch you next time. Take care.